This is the Gear Patrol Podcast. In this episode, editor Will Price joins me to explain everything you should know before buying your first or next chef's knife. Will details the specifics from steel types and blade shapes to maintenance and storage tips, ultimately ending with three of his top chef's knife recommendations. Regardless of what you already know or think you might need, Will has advice and tips that'll come in handy when you're shopping around. There is a lot of information here, and I learned a ton, including that, well, honestly, I need a new chef's knife. Enjoy the convo, and good luck with your search. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll subscribe, and if you really like what you hear, we'd appreciate a five-star review because they help us get into more ears. I'm Nick Caruso, and I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. Will, you are an uh, expert in many things, and uh, among them, knives of the kitchen variety. So what do I need to know before I buy a new kitchen knife? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, you could, I don't know if you suppose need to know, you could buy you could buy some like little piece of, you know, stamped metal off Amazon for 25 bucks. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people are happy as a clam with that. Uh, what Who you, among what us you has should not know. bought stamped metal on Amazon? Yeah, all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what you should know, though, I guess, is it's really dependent on. I think the number one thing is like, are you someone who likes to who cooks a lot? Do you like to cook? And um, you know, so uh, admittedly, there is a. There, and, and by the, I should disclaimer, uh, I'm in I'm in the city today in New York City, and there are many cars honking behind me. And if um, just forgive me, I'm going to try to You're truck in through it. The Gear Patrol offices, in fact. The office, yeah, very yeah. me me and me alone in the Gear Patrol mm-hmm. office, but. Um, yeah, so you know, there's about about half of the the available knives in the world, and I'm, this number is completely made up. But you know, a lot of the available knives in the world are what I would call you know hobbyist to professional level, right? There are just so many small makers, small brands, or just you know big brands making all sorts of really killer knives for people who are really into them. Most of okay. those knives are not really you know you don't we don't really need to discuss them unless you really enjoy cooking and you really specifically enjoy you know the art of mise en place or I'm not I'm not I don't speak French but the art of, you know, preparing what you're going to cook. Um, so what you really need to know, I think the first thing is just understanding, like, is, is cooking a chore for you or is it something you, you like to do? And you, I'm not going to say pursue as in you're going to, like, take it on as your career path, but pursue as in, like, you know, try to get better at it, get tools that make you better at it, all that kind of thing. Um, of course, sharper knives are better, uh, are better when it comes to preparation. Um, but, you know, we are talking marginal gains for the most part. Uh, there's small things like some herbs, some some meats, uh, especially fish, for example, if they're not cut extremely finely. Um, mm. I wouldn't say you'll ruin them, but you'll you'll sort of uh, dull flavor or uh, make for a less a lesser eating experience. But um, I don't know. That was a big ramble to say. Basically, you first need to figure out uh, what is in your heart. Do you do you enjoy cooking? Do you enjoy you know prepping food that kind of thing? And if you don't, then you know there's like two or three knives I could recommend you spend like eighty bucks on, and they'll be good for the rest of your life. Just get them sharpened every every six months. Um, if you do like it, then we have a lot more to talk about. And we do. I do like it. We're going to okay. assume that th- those listening uh, do like it or just want to hear you expound uh, on your knife expertise, mm-hmm. and just like I do. Um, listening to your heart makes it sound like we're going to do like a kitchen knife in the stone kind of thing. Where <laughs> you like, you know, like if you're the, it's the, the, uh, you know, if you're meant to use the knife, you can use it. 
what is who is who is the villain in the in the King Arthur story who who's trying to get all the the men of the land to pull the uh, the sword from the stone? Do you remember? I can't believe you're making Mor- me this. Mordred or uh, something. I Mo- can't remember. Uh, Morgan Lefay. <laughs> that's that's wow. That's it. Yeah. I think that's actually it. Um, you also <laughs> said uh, in that in your monologue opening monologue that uh, you were starting to mention herbs and and, and other ingredients, and I was mm. I thought you were about to tell us that certain herbs would make your knife like better, like seasoning a, a skillet or something, no, and I was going to call BS on you. There are. Uh, potato, like for example, some foods we're talking about carb. I'm sure we'll talk about carbon still. Mm-hmm. Some foods that you that you that you might prepare that'll uh, you know add add a, a degree of protection to you know expose reactive metal, like chopping potatoes. I once had a, a chef tell me that when you first get a carbon steel knife, just make like all the potatoes you can because it sort of makes this nice sort of semi-resistant uh, sheen over the knife. You know, who knows what okay. the exact truth of that is, but you know, it was recommended. That's, uh, you can have, you too can have a strong stomach if you have an all potato diet. Uh, this is uh, health tips with Will Price. So, uh, it's a use case thing. Like so yeah. many product recommendations are, it's a use case thing. Uh, and you, you know, you mentioned pursuits. We talk about enthusiasts all the time. We're product enthusiasts and of varying stripes. Um, so if you are a, uh, person who likes to have fun in the kitchen, making some food uh, or I suppose on a grill, wherever uh, your ear should be perking up and you're probably wondering, well, Will, is there a perfect knife for me? Is there one perfect knife that I should be buying? Mm. Yeah. Um, mostly I would say the answer is the answer is no, no perfect knife. I mean, everybody's not a, a knife thing. Uh, you know, there's, you can, there's all sorts of eloquent quotes from, you know, really clever um and you know verbose chefs about how like it's like how the wand fits the wizard you know kind of that kind of talk about a knife mm-hmm. i don't necessarily buy into that there are knives that are better for a lot of people and knives that are better for people with bigger hands and better for people who are left you know left-handed all that kind of thing they're they're yeah. you should you should you know get your hands on as many as you can if there's like a if there's a kitchen supply store near you if there is a uh, i mean there's oftentimes uh, you know if there's some kind of just place you can even even if it's just around like the little weird plasticky thing at like a at like a bed bath and beyond just like see what see how it feels in your hand see where like the the blade itself drops i think i think this is this is what i'll say so when it comes to knives um and i'm if we're painting with the broadest brush broadest brush there we go three categories i mentioned like stamped stamped metal knives that's uh that's that's your those are your knives that are like fifty dollars and down for the most part it's literally a piece of you know they have sheets and sheets of metal and they have a stamp that's going through them like stamping the shape then they give it a quick sharpen then they attach that shape to you know whatever a a little plastic handle or a rubber handle or something a lot of those Mm -hmm. are used in commercial kitchens if you've ever you know been to chipotle and seen the knives they have stuck to the wall it's mostly those that's stamp metal knives nice and cheap whatever they get the job done then you have forged uh forged steel knives it's this is kind of a category could be anywhere between like 50 to you know all the way up to you know infinity as far as price goes it's stainless steel knives um that are made from forged metal so they have the chromium which is the the magic ingredient that makes uh normal steel stainless steel so that you know they're not going to rust at the sight of acid or or you know water sitting on them or whatever um potatoes and and (laughs) potatoes exactly Mm -hmm. uh and then you know they're great for you know if you you don't you don't you can like you can like knives a lot you can you know just want something that's going to last a while they're they're good all around you know you could 
theoretically toss them in the dishwasher if you wanted to. Uh, do not recommend that, but if you wanted to, you could do that. Then you have carbon steel knives, which fall, fall from, firmly in that enthusiast category that we talked about. Like you don't, you don't really buy a carbon steel knife unless you're either working in a kitchen yourself or you're you're pretty into knives because there's there's minor upkeep and they're not as you know gleaming and and uh, maintenance free as the others. Um, and again, prices could range anywhere between you know fifty dollars to. We've written on knives, what, Nick, that cost uh, thousands of dollars. Uh, yeah. We probably won't talk about them today. But the, the Bob Kramer, point is, right? you know, yeah, yeah, they, that's your guy. The, the man himself. Google mm-hmm. Bob Kramer for some of his, uh, he's made knives out of like meteorite and things yeah. like that. Yeah, unbelievable cool. stuff. You've covered him a bunch. You have did a big yep. profile for the magazine. Uh, really outstanding knife maker. He's on the West Coast, isn't he? He is. He's is somewhere in Wash- Washington, Bellingham, but or somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a Pacific Northwest guy, but he's up there. He's in that Gosh. that land where everyone they make everything by hand. Yeah, really, truly, truly outstanding. Like limited run stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there are three categories. That's kind of how they they break down by price, and that's essentially what we're going to get to at the end of this conversation. We're going to end up with three recommendations based on all the, the information we'll cover here, um, and I think possible the three actually fall into those categories so i want to make a distinction here that i have Mm -hmm. i I need personally this is not posturing for a podcast pod posturing is there a difference between a utility (laughs) knife and a chef's knife yeah it's uh it's mostly size um size not just length but also the uh like the depth of the knife or how uh you know a utility knife you might i don't know you might use to 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 piece apart a bunch of you know smaller smaller foods maybe tiny smaller vegetables like a cherry tomato or maybe you're using it to uh take apart a chicken you know stuff like that um you could there's there's a million you know again utility is the is the word because there's a thousand things you could do with it it's kind of a in between the paring knife and the chef's knife and of course the chef's knife itself is sort of an ambiguous term because there's 150,000 different you know shapes and cuts and sizes of chef knife so um, really, this, the difference is just size and tasks. Got it. Uh, and then, you know, speaking of different sizes of knives, you make in the in the buying guide that sort of covers all of this on Gear Patrol, um, you make a suggestion that people maybe shouldn't purchase knife sets. Yeah. Um, can yeah, you tell us why? And of... can you tell us like how to what knives we actually need in the kitchen? Yeah. The short answer is, um, if you look at a knife set, like the block, is that what we're kind of talking about? Like the knife block that people you buy as a gift and it's got like 17 knives in it. Yeah, exactly. You don't, I mean, think of, I think, I really think if people just evaluate one, like I don't really have to do the explaining, evaluate if you have one of those or if your parents had one when you were growing up, like how, how often were you using, you know, the sixth knife in that set or or even the fourth knife in that set? You really don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you could. Some, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're, you know, like you said, filleting uh, a huge like rack of lamb, like yeah, there's there's there are people who could use all those knives. For the most part, you need three knives. You need a chef's knife, which is what we're mostly talking about, of course. Um, you need a bread knife, uh, specifically the serrated. Like if you try to cut a big, nice, crusty loaf of bread with a normal knife, you might a ruin your knife and b it probably just kind of smush your bread, and that's just mm-hmm. like not satisfying. Um, and then uh, the third one you truly need is a paring knife. Um, you, a lot of people make an argument for a utility knife, but the paring knife is that little tiny knife you kind of choke up really far on, and you use to do all sorts of very tiny, very precise tasks. Um, and those knives are like, 
Yeah, a lot of pairing. Those those knives are like you know all of ten dollars, sometimes less if you buy them from you know OXO or whatever yeah. else. So, um, and then bread knives themselves, I almost I, ne- I almost never recommend anyone spend an extraordinary extraordinary amount of money either, because I mean even if you eat bread every day of the week, um, you know the rigors that you're putting through a bread knife. You know what you're going to slice off two pieces of toast. It's not really going to you know yeah. put the knife to the test like a chef's knife, which you really do need to um, stand up for as long as it can. Yeah, I'll give a shout out. I have a, I think a nine or ten dollar bread knife from IKEA that is one of the best purchases I've ever made for the kitchen. It's just like, yeah. it really is my my Excalibur uh, in the <laughs> bread knife category. It fits. It I followed my heart and it it worked out. Okay, so we're talking about intent, right? The use of mm-hmm. uh, what we intend to use these knives for dictates what type of chef's knife. Um, what are the various elements of a chef knife or like the, the qualities of a chef's knife that yeah. we should be considering, uh, when we're, when we're out there shopping? I think like the, a couple, a couple of the main things to think about are, um, weight is, is one. Some people really like a really, uh, kind of a sizable, something they can really feel in their hand. Um, I find that a lot of people, and this is, again, this is not a, a de facto rule. A lot of people who are less, um, who are perhaps less trusting of themselves or less trusting in their knife skills. Maybe, maybe we don't say that they lack confidence in themselves. They lack confidence in their, you know, their knife skills. They they want something here, heavy, heavy in their hands so they can kind of feel it going up and down as they're moving it quickly. You know, there's like something, something to it. Um, So, Weight is one. Uh, whereas a lot of people who are, you know, if you're if you're quite good with a knife, um, you really like that. It's a, it almost feels like a part of your hand. Uh, a really lightweight mm-hmm. knife. Um, a lot of Japanese knives are extremely lightweight. Um, Japanese style knives, I should say. There's a lot of Japanese style knives that are not made in Japan. Um, so that's that's one thing. You know, consider that. Um, it's, I'm not saying that you're that you're bad with a knife if you like a heavy knife. It's of course a really silly thing to say, but just something to consider. And again, the best way to know if you what you prefer is to go into a, a store and, you know, kind of do the weird, like pick it up in each hand and, you know, make yourself embarrass yourself in a bed, bath and beyond. Um, the other, uh, the other things to think about are, um, you know, uh, are you going to be, are, are, do you, do you want to bother with uh, washing it by hand after you use it? Or are you going to be someone who's just going to toss it in the dishwasher? If you're going to toss it in the dishwasher, I'm just going to like point blank say, just go ahead and buy like a nice budget knife Buy a Victorinox. Um, not all of their knives are cheap, but they, they have an excellent knife. that's like $35 and is great. You know, no problems at all. Throw in the dishwasher. But if you want to buy uh, a nicer knife, um, you know, just consider that it, they really shouldn't be run through the dishwasher. So maintenance is the second thing. Weight, maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third, um, there's a lot of kind of like more taste-based items. Like do you, uh, whether you, you like or uh, dimples in the knife, which are those, you know, those little things that uh, they, people say it helps food come off the knife more easily. Kind of kind of a specious claim maybe. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a few there's aesthetic options, that kind of thing. Um, but the, the one thing I do want to, the last thing, the last very important thing, and it's something I think a lot of people don't think about when they are shopping for a sh- chef's knives in particular. So the, uh, we all know what the, we all know the tip of the blade, you know, at the very, very top, whatever at the yes. bottom of the blade is I'm, I'm going to call it the heel. Um, it's got a few mm-hmm. different names depending on who you're talking to the heel of the blade. Look at how it, look at how, like if you have a chef's knife in your home or whatever, and in, in your silly little block you have, look how it drops. Is it a straight drop that goes into the handle or is it a curved drop? Does it have a place for you to kind of 
choke up on? Like, how is it shaped? Um, and then think to yourself, like, when I'm holding this knife, the way I'm holding it, because everybody, you know, grips maybe a little different, is it comfortable to me? Um, a lot of times a straight drop, which is really popular with Japanese-style knives, um, it is kind of uncomfortable for a lot of uh, folks who weren't, you know, trained to hold them like that because it can kind of dig into your your thumb and give you a small blister of course you could just tough it out and that's you know that's deal with it um but there's a lot of a lot of western style knives have the heel is kind of has a little curve to it so you can almost slide your your hand in there to get choked up on the knife and it's not going to mm. like you know blister your hand so just that that's something that's a very small thing um what well, seems small but to me it's sort of what makes or breaks um uh whether the knife is for me not necessarily if it's good or bad but whether i enjoy it what what about this is hard to sort of demonstrate orally you know uh mm. without seeing it but we'll do our best I, as i understand i was taught that you sort of grip the knife between your forefinger and your thumb on that heel part to yeah. to control it better is that true i mean you're talking about choking up on it getting fingers at the heel of the blade but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so so you're so yeah the what you're what you're descri- describing is more or less the uh i think they call it, it's I don't know if I, don't, I can't remember if I'm getting my tennis and my knife skills confused, but I think the continental grip, maybe. Um, Probably, it's impressive. Say, whatever it is, someone will, someone will backhand me for this uh, for this you know treachery. But yes, is that, so another ten- like t- is that a tennis t- reference? Wow. Um, the um, yeah, yeah. So that's the, that's the general way you're gonna be taught to hold a knife if you Google if you YouTube knife skills or whatever. Um, there's a few other ways you'll you'll you might hold it if you're like chopping different things. You'll find like. Um, like Jacques Pepin, for example, if he's like chopping a bunch of or dicing a bunch OG. of garlic, yeah, the absolute king. If you want to, he just uh, if you want to learn how to, to to cut vegetables, to do anything with a knife, uh, and you have no idea, would just Google him, Jacques Pepin. But he'll hold the knife by the heel and by the tip and kind of rock it back and forth, almost like a, I don't know, like a, I don't have no idea what what item that would be but you know he so it depends a lot on how you're using it but yes that's that is the general way you're holding it so your thumb and your forefinger and, and your pointer finger kind of gripping just above the handle on the bottom of the blade just above that heel part um so that's why that shape that drop down can matter a lot because if you if you're kind of over gripping which you might do if you're you know trying to push your way through uh i mentioned like breaking out a chicken earlier or something then uh, a straight drop will kind of cut into your hand a little more than something with mm-hmm. some some curvature to it um right and I'm, I sound like I'm just trashing these straight. I mean, you know that that's that is the like the de facto knife design for like uh, thousands and thousands of companies and loads of professionals use them all the time. So it's not as if you're going to use one and it's going to make your hand bleed or something. But um, it's a personal it's a personal choice. Is kind of the, the the what I'm trying to get across, I guess. Right. Yeah. Be careful. the The straight drop knife heel lobby is going to come after you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So let's speak of the blade. Let's get into some more of the specific details of a, a chef's knife. Uh, and I want to start with materials. But fair warning to you, Will. I talked with Tanner. Uh, oh, dear our, God. Yeah. Our, <laughs> on our outdoors and fitness team a couple weeks ago about pocket knife blade materials. And he he went off like an like an atomic reaction. Can we just copy walk. and paste his like his <laughs> reply and like Man. we can like deep fake him his voice into mine so I could sound yeah I'm not uh, I'm not going to be as eloquent but I'll do my best. Okay, well yeah, we can. You basically separate it into a couple different uh, types, uh, as mm-hmm. I understand it. The the two main materials are stainless steel and carbon steel, so we don't need to get into yeah. necessarily like the the code designations of, of stuff but oh, thank uh, can you sort of compare and contrast those two against each other 
Yeah, so the, the, main, the, the main functional differences uh, between stainless and carbon steel are that, uh, before we get into the, the science, um, is that <clears throat> carbon steel is a harder steel, um, and I'll get into what that means in a moment, um, than stainless steel. So uh, harder means it's going to keep its edge longer than stainless steel. Stainless steel. Another thing that carbon steel has, and this is kind of, it sounds counterintuitive, but I promise you it's the truth. I'm not just making this up, <laughs> is that despite it being harder, carbon steel, it's easier to sharpen um, than stainless steel is. Uh, it's, it, and and this, this brings us to a point that we'll talk about, I'm sure, but, you know, all, there's not a knife on this planet that's been designed that will not need sharpening after, you know, regular use, um, you know, however many right. months to, in, into using. So, uh, first of all, just get that out of your mind that there's a knife you can just use for 10 years and never sharpen. Um, I have a, I have a bevy of really, really nice knives I use in my kitchen and I get them serviced pretty regularly, you know, just so I can keep them at a performance level that's comfortable and I'm not, you know, risking my, my fingers cause I'm hobbling around a tomato or whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that is that's the first thing to kind of think about when it comes to carbon versus stainless is that stainless is harder, easier to sharpen, will hold its edge longer. Now stainless is obviously not necessarily for this reason, but it is usually a more expensive knife. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there you can buy more commercial uh, angled sta carbon steel knives that are that are really good value. Um, but usually it's more expensive because it's being sold to people who are you know into them, more enthusiast crowd. Um, now you obviously with carbon steel can't you you have no option of leaving it in the sink or you can't you know slice a lime for margaritas and then leave the leave the knife on the cutting board. Um, acid think of think of it like a carbon or a carbon steel or cast iron skillet right. If you leave acid or water or anything like that on those products, they degrade and they rust and they you know kind of get that weird metally smell like you know mm -hmm. kind of it's just it's not ideal. So the maintenance for a carbon steel knife is higher. Um, despite, you know, you not having to sharpen it as often because you do have to, you know, mind it uh, after you've done cooking, which everyone knows is a very, it's a unique pain after you're done, after you're done cooking for 45 minutes. Like there's no, no one in their right minds is like, I am ready to do the dishes. But with a carbon yeah. steel knife, it's, it is wise to at least wipe it off. Um, yeah, those are, those are the two main things I think are, are worth considering. Um, and then, you know, talking about stainless steel, there's, it's become, uh, there are now like high carbon stainless steel knives, which basically just means they don't have as much chromium or other um, other materials that you know is what that they don't have as many or as much. I don't even know the element. I guess yeah, the element that makes a knife uh, stainless. They kind of go lower on that, so you get a knife that's sort of a hybrid. So it, it's it's like maybe stain free or I don't know if I would call it a true stainless knife. So those are more more popular now, but. Yeah, whatever you want to call them, but they uh, they're still fewer and further between than just the the classic forged stainless steel knife. Um, I think um, you know, I think that you can get a great stainless steel knife from companies like um, a lot. Most of them, I would I would say, are, are Japanese companies, Tojiro or Mac, um, or even even something like uh, Zwilling, um, which is uh, I think Swiss. Uh, Victorinox mm. makes good. Stan you know, the, kind of a lot of your mainline brands make really excellent stainless steel knives. That's what most people want because um, of the lower maintenance cost or maintenance uh, time cost. You know, it's um, it's it's really up to you. I'm not I'm not here to say one's better than the other. I am. I will tell you, and I think most uh, I think this will probably be reflected by uh, uh, by sales and marketing angles, but. Carbon steel knives are far more popular with professionals for a reason, and it's that they hold their edge um, for longer. And that you know, if you do want to sharpen them, 
yourself, which of course you don't have to. There's plenty of services that'll do it for you. They're far easier to sharpen yourself than uh, a stainless steel knife will be. Um, that I can attest to. I have, uh, I have, I have cut into some fingers trying to sharpen uh, cheap stainless steel knives, and it is not a great time. No, that's never. This probably that's ranks under or at least parallel with washing the dishes. Um, the so is it safe to say then you're talking about like overall you should think about your use case um here it seems like most sort of amateur or just kind of um the average cook home cook might mm-hmm. might make the best use of stainless steel but if you're going for yeah. uh really high-end stuff you go carbon but is it also worth considering what ingredients you're slicing through like you mentioned up top like a carbon like if you're making i don't know you're finally slicing yeah. something i to be honest with you, or something i uh, I, I have yeah <laughs> i wish i were slicing yeah. prosciutto right now the um i, I don't splitting I don't, hairs maybe i don't really <laughs> i don't really like sweat the material of the knife when i'm deciding like uh like what i'm what i'm preparing or what i'm cooking like okay. maybe maybe if you're if you're at a restaurant and you're breaking down 50 lemons or if you're at home and you're making lemon chest pie and you need like 15 lemons maybe lay off the carbon steel and go stainless so you don't you know like eat through the metal um but you know most reasonable most things you're cooking are not going to require you to go to an extreme like that um i do think like the last little bit for carbon steel knives i would say is that you know and this is very few people so you know everyone else can just uh just mute me for a minute but the like they often are there's far more carbon steel knife makers who are kind of in it for like the craft of making the product um and I've, and I've mentioned Japan a few times because it's sort of the classical home of, of knife and blade making, or at least, you know, one of them. Um, so you can find so, so many uh, just guys, you know, who make knives out of like a, a studio somewhere in like Seki City, Japan or whatever, um, which is an actual place. I didn't just make that up. Um, and, you know, buy them for like a pretty reasonable rate. Uh, so, you know, there's something with a little more story to it, something with a more... Um, uh, hand, it's not not a handmade feel, but is made by hand. Um, sites like Chef Knives to Go. Um, there's you know there's hundreds of well not hundreds there's dozens of sites that you know import wicked wicked knives like that. Uh, absolutely check them out. If you're into something a little you know maybe a gift, so you're not just giving some some have someone a knife that you know they've seen a million places. It's, it'll be something that they've never seen before. Yeah, that's it. Particularly That's someone maybe like a partner or something. You give them a knife and like it's a hint to make better food. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is always it is so tricky to gift cooking uh cooking supplies for that exact reason like hey maybe you should cook more you know yeah, like, what does that what, do you, exactly. what does that mean it's like giving someone workout shorts <laughs> it just feels like such a twist so of the good. knife oh wow um what about other are there other materials i know there are like ceramic knives and like plastic knives people yeah. use for various things they seem gimmicky to me they you know, people. Some people like them. Um, I get it. If you like them, keep using them. I'm not gonna tell you that they're the worst things on the planet. But they chip, and you can't sharpen them, right? Um, you can, right. They're done. They chip, and they're done. Like uh, they may be affordable, but um, I'm not really interested in personally interested in replacing replacing knives constantly. I, one, I think it's just like you know bad like economics, and two, just I hate having to constantly reorder the same you know the same thing because it wore out. Um, just kind of a, against my my consumerist creed. But uh, yeah, I mean they're fine. You know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you that the worst things in the world, but they're quietly the worst things in the world. <laughs> okay, and they're also they don't make our top three recommendations certainly. No, uh, 
Um, okay, let's move on from, we say we've got, we have an, an idea of materials. Uh, what about Tang? Not the monkey in space kind, but mm. the... Wow, shout out to Tang, though. Right? That's that's 55, 60 years. Maybe more, probably more. I don't know how long Tang's been around. It was in space 50 years. This doesn't matter. Tang. I actually, can I briefly say something? Someone, yeah. uh, I went to an Airbnb at work, and it was in, it was a room in this wonderful um, older couple's home in uh, the Hudson Valley, and they made me, in the morning, toast that they had, like, somehow infused Tang powder into, like, a like the consistency of, like, a nut butter and spread it on toast. It is one of the best things I have eaten in years. I am not exaggerating. Um, I can't remember their names or the house, but if I could steal that recipe from them, I would sell it for so much money. Wait, it was literally Tang? Tang. But it was, like, like somehow you... infused into, like, you know, the, the, the consistency of, like, a, a nut butter. It was amazing. It was incredible. Wow. It was genuinely incredible. Anyways, I'm sorry. I had to I just no. blast from the past. That's okay, Will. We, we allow you your little tangent so long as you come back to us. Uh, if anybody listening knows what that is, uh, write in. I mean, we could Google it, but we're not going to. No. Uh, let's talk about other tang. Metal knife. Knife tang. Knife tang. Uh, it's starting to sound like a weird word. But what mm-hmm. is tang in terms of a blade and why is it important? Yeah, it's essentially the uh, the knife and uh, how the metal and how it fits into fits into the handle, the hang, the handle, the handle. Excuse me. Hang. So angle tangle. Uh, so if you people people see a full tang knife, that just means the knife itself, like the the metal from it, is running all the way all the way through the handle on one you know one solid piece. Um, the pros are that it's extremely sturdy, right? Um, the if you a lot of I'm, I'm sure people well. Maybe I'm not sure, but there's a lot of uh, affordable knives out there, or not all ni- not all uh, cheap knives are aren't, aren't full tang, and not all nice knives are. But uh, you know, the knife itself actually can come dislodged from the handle, um, whether it's from constant use or whether it's from maybe a little water got in there, whatever it is. So a full tang knife that's not possible because it's you know it's running all the way through. It's essentially like one with the handle, if you will. Mm-hmm. So the cons are the cons are that it's the construction. You're not going to have any issue there. The, the pros are or the did I just say the cons? That is the pro, that uh, you're not going to have any construction issues. You're not going to have any detaching, you know, knife from handle, nothing like that. The con is that it can be, uh, it basically guarantees that the knife is going to be heavier, you know. Um, it's a lot more sure. metal. Um, that's why I mentioned a lot of, uh, you know, Japanese knives are pretty light. Uh, most Japanese knives are not uh, full tang for that reason. We're going to talk about a couple that are, I think, in a second here. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of a weight construction trade-off. It's not... Uh, it's something to, to consider, but I wouldn't. Don't think it's necessarily a make or break uh, feature. Right. So again, comes back to use. Um, that's maybe even more reason to kind of like feel those knives, like go into your knife store, yeah. wherever you're going, and, and really exactly. pick those up and feel the difference. You, I bet Jacques uh, Pepin has a full tank. I bet you. Don't you does. think? I, you, I think he would probably use a. Uh, I think he probably uses a heavier knife. Just I don't know. There's something about him that just like he feels like a man of the people. God, he's such a badass. I sometimes yeah. I just watch. I like leave mm-hmm. his videos on in the background and find myself staring. It's great. Yeah, I've watched his how um, to make an omelet video no less than a hundred <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fast food my way. Mm. Those uh, videos, great, right? Let's just do a podcast on Jacques Pepin. The greatest. Uh, I hits. Want, let's get Jacques on here. Oh Let me just God. actually I'll just give the microphone to him. 
Um, okay, last thing on. So this is this is Tang uh, adjacent. This is a tangent. Wow. Is that okay. Well yeah, done. This is, I just made that up. That's good, right? Well played there. Yeah. I'm gonna start using that in every episode. So this tangent, uh, I want to talk about handles themselves. Is there a, is there a consideration there in terms of materials or shape or I don't know, whatever else? Yeah, I mean, so um, one thing that I think uh, so a classic a classic Western handle is a little bit more ergonomic, or at least looks that way, than a classic uh, sort of. Uh, I keep mentioning, you know. Japan versus the world when it comes to knives, but it's sort of, those are the two kind of general knife design shapes. So if you look at like a, a Zwilling or a Victorinox or really any knife that's uh, made in Europe or made in America, they'll have a handle that kind of looks like it's like meant to fit into your hand, right? It's got curves all over it. The end of it has a little uh, a little bump where you're where that's as far back as you're supposed to hold, whatever, right? It's kind of like, right. a, like the bottom of a baseball bat situation. Um, yeah. You know, it can be... Cu- I, I think, you know, and then a lot of Japanese knives will have a, I think it's called a wah handle, and it's just straight back. It's like, you know, there's no, there's no like, slots to put your finger like the side of a Gatorade bottle or whatever. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's more important to look at, uh, I can't believe I just referenced a Gatorade that bottle. That was good. That was um, good. The, uh, at the end of the day, I, think, I genuinely think it's far more important to see how, it, how your hand fits onto where you're, uh, you know, onto the, the bottom of the blade. We mentioned that uh, thumb and, and pointer finger, how they're gripping mm-hmm. the knife. That part is... Uh, is going to be more important than how your hand fits around the actual handle. Because very rarely, I mean, think about how, how often you're holding the knife specifically just, just the handle. Like, it kind of is just like the murder pose, right? Like, you look like Scream or whatever, um, just holding the knife up. Other than you're, you're not really doing a whole lot of, like, you know, you know swinging the knife like that. So, um, brandishing, can, yeah, it's, 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 I think, is the, brand, is the word. They're brandishing. You could, you could consider it where it's worth considering and looking at, but... Um, at the end of the day, it's more it's more important to ho- how you're going to hold it in in cutting action. Fair, okay. Glad I asked. Uh, tangents over. Well done. Now, uh, so we you mentioned that we were going to mention this. Uh, so let's move on to the difference between Japanese and German style knives. They are they're decidedly two different schools of thought in terms of how uh, the the kitchen the chef's knife rather is approached. Yeah, it's um, you know the uh, and again there of course there are more styles of knives and we can talk we could we, the podcast could be ten hours nope. and we're no ending listen here. to it. The, uh, it. <laughs> but a Japanese knife is typically going to be in you know there are many different types of Japanese chef's knives as we or chef's knives as anyone who's kind of googled it knows but they're typically going to be a little bit lighter they're going to have a handle that's more um, more straight back more streamlined there's not there's going to be less kind of like grooves and bumps and ergonomic bits uh, and the knife heel itself will be often. Uh, be a straight drop um you know it'll mm-hmm. go from handle straight down to heel at like almost a 90 degree angle um and that's you know that could be that's that's regardless if we're talking about you know uh a guto or any other you know japanese style chef's knife um a western chef's knife uh typically going to be a little heavier typically going to have more little you know hooks and areas to put your hands into hooks is the wrong word but uh you know the handle is going to have more of a shape that looks like it's going to fit your hand i mentioned the gatorade mm-hmm. or power bottle earlier um <laughs> the heel of the knife is will often have more of a curve to it um and the knife itself will probably be a little bit taller. So just talking about, you know, when you if you have the knife like you're chopping on a cutting board, the height from the bottom of the blade to the top of the blade, uh, yep. typically going to be significantly taller. Um, those are the those are the, the key differences 
those are, those are the, the, you know, there's not a, there's not a right or wrong or a better option. I think a lot of the times it just comes to what you're used to and, um, you know, what fits your hands. Uh, do you know why those styles, like you're talking about Western knives, German knives are mm-hmm. sort of interchangeable. Uh, I guess the question is, are those, do those knives come about because of the different cuisines or is it just like a preference of, uh, different that's a good question. Um, you know, I mean, if I had to, cultures. if I had to just, if I had to just like uh, pretend to be an expert right here, I would say that it, maybe Please. it's just due to <laughs> always. Uh, I, it's probably due to you know. Um, hmm, do I want to just pretend to be an expert? No, I'm gonna say this. I, I I don't really have a firm a firm idea. I would guess you know, for example, a lot of Japanese uh, kitchen knife making. Um, the design, uh, to some extent, is derivative of uh, sword making in that region. You know, thousands of years ago, there are actually brands that you can buy chef's knives from. That uh, you know, their histories go back 600 years, where they were making you know katanas for uh, shoguns no and things like that. Yeah, it's it's I'm, I'm being I'm sh- like Hattori Hanzo serious. kitchen knife. I, I'm dead serious. Um, That's wild. You know, look into. I, I mentioned Chef's Knives to Go. It's a great resource for this kind of thing. You can so buy cool. knives from the same people, the same family. You know, who have been making you know swords uh, for uh, in feudal Japan. It's just incredible That's crazy. stuff. I love it. So a lot of the, I would I would probably guess some of the design is is um, imparted from that history. Uh, but you know, I I wouldn't. I'm not going to give you give the you know the I don't know the knife history be, for dummies yeah. lesson here. Yeah, you're going to put your foot down on it. Uh, that's fair. What? Uh, so considering all of that, uh, we keep talking, or we've referenced a couple of times, like quality of knife. And you say in your guide, there's a quote you love when I quote you. Uh, you say, the point is, you can get the job done with cheap or expensive knives. Just focus on quality. So what... What determines quality? That I know we've kind of asked that, but like, what is the what is the thing? Yeah, there's a there is a so there are a lot of so one I think um, there we have a forty five or fifty dollar knife in our guide. Um, I've mix, mentioned Victorinox. The Victorinox Fibrox Pro is the official name, and I think the uh-huh. that second word is just the ha- what the handle's made of. Um, that knife is a quality knife, but it is a cheap knife, so it's quality in that. Um, it's sharp. It, uh, it will stand up to any amount of, you know, chemical washing or dishwashing or what have you. Um, and it's, it's well designed. The shape, the shape of the knife is nice. It doesn't come out of the handle. You know, it is, it is a quality knife for the money. Um, and at the end of the day, you can still sharpen it to, to a reasonable extent, you know, with, if you've had a little, if you've had a little practice in doing so. Um, there are other, there are other knives in that price point, uh, at that price point, And I would say, especially in the, in the affordable price point, which shouldn't be a surprise that are cheap and, uh, not quality, you know, the, there, if you just Google cheap chef's knife or Amazon cheap chef's knives, whatever, and yeah. you will just come up with so many brands, one you've never heard of and two that just uh, kind of looks a little too big, too good to be true. Like they'll tout like Damascus steel and all these different things and hardness levels on their $35 knife. Generally speaking, um, you know, as with all things, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, so yeah, quality is in, you know, uh, a product that is, is vetted, is used, uh, isn't just one that you found, you know, on prime day and you really wanted to get $10 off. Right. But look for the good ones on prime day for sure. Uh, okay. And then, so let's say our faithful listener has heeded all of your advice, your fake professional guidance as you purport it. Mm -hmm. Um, they have a knife and need to maintain it. 
and store it. Uh, what are your top tips here? There is a lot of sort of a, this is a big, broad one too. Storing, okay, the, the, the quick and dirty. Yep. Um, ditch your knife block if you're using one, the thing that you, you know, you, it's got little slits and you stab your knife into. Ditch the wooden, there's like a yeah. wooden knife block, yeah. There's been, there's been, there's been uh, research done, um, all sorts of research done in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years that points to uh, a lot, a lot of bacteria and kind of nasty shit grows inside those inside those blocks. Think about it, and I, I know it's a little bit grody, Gross. like some water splashes in there, or maybe some grease from your cooking because it's you know in the kitchen, whatever. Or you, you, I don't know, maybe you don't clean the knife perfectly before you put it back in. I mean, everything that goes in there is just sitting at the bottom of that knife block. You can't clean the inside of a knife block, so it's kind of gnarly. I have one of those blocks that is like the really slender plastic dowels or like infinitely adjustable kind of thing oh yeah probably yeah yeah. it's probably just as bad huh yeah i mean it's it's not as good as a a bar or um you know getting like little individual i guess sheaths for your knives to put into in a drawer what have you but um i would say it's marginally less bad than a knife block how's that okay that's all i wanted to hear so that Mm -hmm. that works perfectly justifying Um, your decisions for as long as you need yep uh i Go to the pod for validation. Uh, so in terms of maintenance, then, so if we're, if we're storing things properly, um, it assumes that we are also aware of like just proper maintenance mm-hmm. in general. Sure. Uh, in terms of like sharpening, you mentioned rust spots. Um, mm-hmm. Run me through what people should be doing with a proper chef knife once they buy yeah. one. The very first thing is, and I, I, I would say, I say, no matter how cheap, but some people, you know, if you're buying it the absolute cheapest, perhaps go for it. The first thing is don't put your knife through the dishwasher. Um, there's a huge amount of extremely, um, let's just call them aggressive chemicals uh, that can sort of eat away at the edge of your knife. Um, you may not, you know, it's not going to come out with like splotches of like, you know, red rust, but um, you're wearing down your knife more than you need to, um, much more than you need to. Uh, so that's the first thing. Just wipe it off by hand. It takes you, what do you, I mean, what, what do you think it takes? 15? seconds to clean a knife you look like some water a sponge you know a towel done um and then that goes for stainless steel or carbon steel Um, obviously you don't want to put carbon steel in a dishwasher um so that's the first thing um if you want it if you want to be kind of extra um or you're just kind of like i don't know and the, like, you're kind of a hobbyist to do it yourself kind of person, whatever, um, you know, pick up a, pick up a few sets of, uh, wet stones on Amazon. You can get, you can get like a decent setup for like 40 bucks maybe um you know it, it's not uh we're not talking like the the rolling like wheel whetstone where you like sharpen swords and with you the know, with the uh, pedal kind of thing yeah yeah we're not talking <laughs> I mean, although i mean that would be like if i could have that i would have that um there's a store in new york city if anyone is there uh, is anyone in or, in or around the city called corin um they they make their own knives and sell others and uh, they actually have one of those in the store and you can bring your knives or mail your knives there and they will sharpen it on it on that for you um and watching it live is truly like it is it's in i think tribeca um it is truly a joy to watch because it's something you know i mean you know the origins of that or go out back how how many thousands of years i have no idea it's awesome um but you don't need to do that Okay, so if we're not going to be taking to like uh, 
we're going to like the Brooklyn Museum and finding an artifact <laughs> to, to to sharpen our mm. our knives on. What uh, you talk about whetstones? You get various grits and stuff. And yeah, yeah, you you can you get uh, you know one one higher grit, one lower grit to start, and uh, work your way from there. You know, there's there's thousands of tutorials on YouTube to how to get started, um, and you know, explaining how to sharpen a knife over a podcast is probably not the best medium. So I'll let. You know, people Fair. pursue those, pursue those how tos themselves. But I can tell you, it's it takes all of one or two kind of sessions or tries to get uh, get yourself acclimated and comfortable with doing it. And I think um, what people will find is one, they've probably been they've probably been using dull or dullish knives for most of their lives without realizing it. A freshly sharpened knife um, makes everything in the kitchen so much easier and so much. I think it's far more fun as well when you don't have to you know, kind of struggle to angle your knife through a, an onion or a tomato. It kind of just glides right through it. Um, you can bring, a, you know, a dirt cheap knife to an extremely nice edge once you know what you're doing. Um, it's worth pursuing. Um, you also save yourself some money sending to a professional. Yeah, it's safer too. I mean, a sharp knife yeah. is far safer because it cuts better. You don't have to force things. You're not going yeah, like... to... Imagine when you're wobbling around on a cutting board, you know, trying to, like you said, squish through whatever, a potato, a tomato, a squash, you know, anything. Um, Your finger. That is a bad news. Yeah, it will, I, you know, anyone who's worked in a kitchen knows that uh, a bad knife can, you know, chop off the end of your finger pretty easily. Yep, I've done it. Maybe not chop. Let's not use chop. Let's use slice. What about things like the um, handheld sharpeners, like with the three different options or the, uh, like the rods that you can... Mm-hmm. Drag your yeah, so across. that's a good question. So the the rods, uh, those are those are called hones, a knife hone. Um, really? A, yeah, a knife hone is is different than a sharpener. Um, think of it. Think of a knife hone as is polishing the edge you already have. So you you know you pull it out and use it. Uh, give it a few you know glides over it before you uh, you know start chopping some shit up. Um, it's not sharpening your knife though. Um, it's not oh, okay. you know for example if you have if you have some kind of like. Uh, I almost said microchips, but small chips in the knife that maybe are really hard to see, or you know, that the edge has kind of lost its shape a bit, which happens over time. Um, there's a million re- reasons why you would need to sharpen a knife, but the hone will not bring those back, but it will, um, you know, allow you to a sharp knife to remain um, really smooth and kind of cut through something without, uh, I guess, rigidity or kind of like that herky jerky um, mm-hmm. nature of cutting. If it's not completely, you know, there, it brings your edge into into a nice like. I guess like unison uh, in a straight line kind of thing. Um, so yes, they're they're useful. You can buy them for like what ten bucks on Amazon. I have yeah, I have yeah. uh, one in my. You don't and if it, you know if you see one for like fifty bucks and it's talking about like diamond, whatever that this or that, just ignore it. Just get a normal steel hone. Um, the electric sharpeners can be useful. Um, I find that uh, a lot of them mm, uh, take too much metal off the knife, which is. I should say that the fundamental difference between a hone and a sharpener when you're sharpening, you are you know removing and exposing metal to bring and bring about a new edge in the knife. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of the electric sharpeners uh, will take too much, and uh, you know within a few sharpening sessions, your knife all of a sudden looks a little smaller. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, and I'm not really exaggerating. It's it, you you genuinely see it, and uh, it's a little bit odd. So uh, you know, and you can maybe you could say you could. Uh, around that by just not you know pressing your knife as hard through them or so on and so forth but just be careful with them um that you're not you know running a knife through them way too more often than you need to um i i think a manual uh whetstone situation is uh 
probably uh, preferred. Um, but if you're not comfortable getting your fingers that close to the, a knife's edge, totally get it. You know, get an electric. Just be, you know, be cognizant of the fact that you are chewing through metal um, and kind of extending the knife's sharpness, but you are redu- reducing its, uh, you know, its lifespan at doing so. There's also the handheld, like, uh, manual ones too, right? With the cross cut. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Are those worthwhile? They have like three different. There's like a ceramic, a fine, a rough, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a similar idea. It's not it's not as aggressive as the the electric ones. Um, I think at the end of the day, the whetstone is just preferred because you have so much more control over uh, you know where you're sharpening, um, you know the degree to which you're removing metal, that kind of thing. Um, they it, it will obviously take a little bit like a little more thought and practice uh yeah. but they're going to be pretty affordable in their own right and um yeah you, you won't ruin your knives on accident i don't think well that uh harkens back to the enthusiast bent we were talking about uh at the onset right if you're gonna get into this you should uh, you should get into taking care of your knives too so a lot of tips there there's a lot more we could go into in terms of maintenance storage etc etc all the details about knives We've covered a ton of information. We've done materials and lengths and types and all this uses. Uh, let's get to the guide. You have three top recommendations. You have a, a full guide that, that goes through 10 or a dozen uh, knives that uh, people should consider. But we have mm-hmm. three top picks as, uh, as usual. And uh, let's walk through them and uh, see what you think. Get a sure. little weigh in. Uh, and you've tested all these, is that right? I have, yeah. Personally, um, yeah, most uh, yes. I'm I'm the I'm the sole tester of the kitchen knife guide. Um, every I think every knife in this guide or is one that I either have out in my apartment, you know, currently, or you know, have tested for at least a couple months before ditching to a to a coworker or sending back <laughs> to a brand or what have you. Right. Um, all right. So the top pick. Uh, we call Just Get This, and you may need to correct my pronunciation, but I believe it's the Tojiro DP Gyuto. Yeah, it's, right? close, it's close enough, I think. Yeah, the, the, to, the, the Gyuto is just the shape of the knife, right? Um, it's okay. it's going to have a... Uh, it's going to have that straight heel drop and the, the top of the knife or the spine sort of um, curves its way downward to a pointed edge. Um, it's, you know, it, it's... It's kind of the picture of what most people think of when they think of a Japanese um, kitchen knife. Um, right. This so knife it's, is it's full tang. It's that oh, yeah. that whole deal, right? And it's it's eighty five mm-hmm. bucks. Eighty five bucks. Yeah. It's uh that I I really can't stress how much this price feels like um, highway robbery. And um, when you use this <laughs> knife or you set it next to, uh, as I have, you know, knives that are two times and three times the price. Um, out of the box, it's one of the best knives I've ever used. Uh, it's a stainless steel knife. Um, you know, it is a Japanese shape. It has a or Japanese uh, shape knife, the Gyuto. It has the uh, the straight drop down heel, so it, it may take a you know it's a little getting used to if you're not used to that. Um, but uh, it is a real joy to use for eighty five dollars. And I was it's one of like you know if I had if I hadn't known the price when I was testing it I would have assumed 160 200 dollars the, the the blade itself is extremely thin um which is pretty common for Japanese knives it sort of helps with um you know specificity in cuts precision that kind of thing um it's but 
despite that, and this is one of the things I like a lot about it, it's not like light as a feather, like a lot of mm-hmm. uh, higher end Japanese knives. It's got a little bit of heft to it to the point where I think it is more comfortable for folks who have been using um, kind of a Western style knife for long, uh, for most of their lives. So it's, it's kind of this nice in-between hybrid between the spaces, which is something I prioritize a lot um, because at the end of the day, it's, it's better to have um, the strengths of both design styles than, you know, just to go full hog into one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, you know, it's got excellent balance. Uh, it's not, you know, it doesn't feel like it's falling forward. It doesn't feel like it's too heavy in the handle, that kind of thing. Um, it's just, a, it's just a really, really, really nice product for $85. Um, and despite it being a lesser known brand uh, in the States, it's, you know, uh, this is a legitimate company. It's not like you're buying from like what I would call a quote unquote Amazon brand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also, it really is pretty. I was looking at it as you were talking. Uh, it looks very serious. It's also, um, I'm not sure we actually talked about the, like a typical chef's knife length, but this is a 13 inch long item. So it's no joke. Like if you're holding yeah, this, you're, you're holding a, a, a serious knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. So for 85 bucks, you really can't go wrong. That's why we call it the just get this pick. Um, obviously, all these links are going to be down in the show notes and on the post. So if people want to click right through to uh, through to those, get to it. And uh, I should I should say I should say yeah, the, it's the blade length is, is just over eight, eight inches. The full knife itself is 13 inches. So the handle yes. included. So we're in 13 inch blade would be a, a pretty extreme chef's knife. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a chef's sword. Um, <laughs> let's move on to, we go to the smart spend, which is the more, the less expensive uh, pick that is still recommended. If you want to spend a little less, this one is 45 bucks, uh, so about half as much. It is Victorinox, which we've talked about a lot, the Fibrox, which you mentioned earlier, and it's the Pro Chef's Knife, which you also mentioned earlier. You've talked about this mm. knife already yeah so what what do you like about this one as the the inexpensive pick it's just kind of you know we this has been a recommendation for our for our site and i think if you just look far and wide maybe not too far too far or too wide but you know if you look (laughs) at other yeah just if you don't if you don't trust us ever pretty much everywhere else will recommend this for their cheap pick so we when we set up this guide i really set out to make sure i wasn't just parroting the same old you know sort of narrative like this is the best cheap knife chief knife so we tested like a dozen knives in this kind of 30 to 50 dollar range um they're a lot of them are very similar um but at the end of the day this it, it really kind of set itself apart i think the first thing is that um uh victor knox is a pretty is a, is a serious company and they you know if you have an issue or what have you uh, they have good they have customer service that you know does reply and and whatnot um mm-hmm. and despite this being an affordable product i think you know people are entitled to uh you know uh, have a, a quibble with the company if there's an issue with the product um sure. and the second thing is uh the the knife and the way it fits into its kind of um cushy uh rubber like handle which is it, it is made that way to be um really grippy even when wet because uh, i think this knife was originally designed for um commercial use or in a kitchen um the blade itself doesn't you know i've had i've had one for i don't know four years and the blade itself has not removed or has not started jiggling or moving around from the handle which is really really common in this um kind of ultra affordable space um 
so that's that's a big thing for me. And you know, it is it's a stainless steel knife. It's got a really it's pretty it's pretty tall. It's kind of a classic classic Western shape. Um, it's comfortable enough in the hand, uh, and because of its the way it's designed, you know, it's not going to be great for hand for manual sharpening. It's kind of more difficult to sharpen just because it's yeah. very high in chromium and kind of it, it sort of fights with you a little bit. But that's the case with pretty much every knife at this price range um and this price range i don't know if i mentioned it it's like i think it's 45 dollars um, retail and it goes yep. on sale on the 35 dollar range with some frequency yeah keep your eyes peeled yeah the i have the um a few things to mention i first of all the utility knife i have is a victorinox um and if people are not totally familiar but this sounds familiar that's because this is like the swiss army brand this is the same mm-hmm. parent company um and it should, I should say, you, you know, you do test all of these. You have, you, you said that and your ratings are agnostic of external stuff. But on Amazon, as I was looking around, this knife, this specific knife, the 8-inch chef knife from Victorinox, has been rated 10,950 times and it has a five-star <laughs> rating. It's <laughs> yeah, so, pretty obscene. Yeah, yeah this, is a, this is really the one to get if you want to spend 45 bucks and have a great, uh, a great option. Yep. Totally agree. Oh, okay. So on the other end of the spectrum, uh, 175 bucks. This is tw- uh, almost twice as much as our just get this pick is the Mac Professional Hollow Edge Knife, and I want you to tell me about it. Will. Yeah. This is this is a, this is a weird one. Um, maybe not. Maybe weird. Not the right word. It's a it's a very cool knife. Uh, it's. I think it's pretty much the perfect hybrid between Western and Japanese style knife design. It's got some weight to it. It's, you know, it's full tang, uh, forged stainless steel. It's, it's, I will say it is higher carbon stainless steel than, than most. So it's not one that, uh, I would say, you know, put through your dishwasher or leave out soaking wet or covered in living juice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that does mean it, it takes, uh, despite it being stainless steel, it takes uh, manually, manual sharpening really nicely, um, which normally you kind of have to you know struggle against it, um, which is something that I found really, really nice. Uh, and I, it also just think, I, one, I think it looks pretty badass, but because it's, mm-hmm. it's this hybrid between Japanese and, uh, and Western design, the, the, the little heel drop that I keep talking about is slightly angled and is a little bit more comfortable for, for my hands. And yeah. um, the handle itself is a little bit more, you know, it's not straight back like a lot of Japanese knives. It's got a little curve to it. It fits, it fits the hand really nicely. Um, that combined with um, a nice weight and balance profile. Uh, for me, this knife, you know, I think it retails at 175. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty much one of those things on Amazon that's almost always on sale from like 15 to 30% off. So you'll probably get it for like 140-ish if I had to guess. Um, it's the knife I use the most in my kitchen, um, which is a kitchen that has, you know, I don't know, a dozen chef's knives or whatever that are, are sitting in, you know, sitting on the wall. Um, I, I just go back and back and back to it. Uh, it's a great knife. All, you know, available pretty much it, you could buy it at any retail any you know any kind of kitcheny retail store I think as well as obviously on Amazon anytime um, it's just uh, it's great I think the only real knock on it I can think is I don't really care for knives with uh, for, with dimples um, which are those little you know kind of uh, rivets cut out that you know are said to help with releasing food when you're chopping. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really buy that they do anything. I just kind of think they're annoying and they make cleaning just slightly more frustrating. But uh, that's the only knock I really have against it. Do you not believe they do anything because you don't think physics are real? 
I mean, that <laughs> seems like a really do those I really just, not do anything in your opinion? I mean, you know, you can you can look up uh, blogs where where actual chefs have talked about this. Maybe maybe there's like the most marginal difference, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I, food food comes off a knife when you're chopping it. If you're you know if you're if you're moving quickly or, you know, unless you're, it's just, I just can't think of many situations where you really need dimples to really make a serious difference when you're chopping garlic or onions or whatever else, you know? Okay. Fair enough. Uh, it does look really cool though. Um, it's a full tang knife, uh, looks really substantial in the handle and it says the word mighty on it. it does. Mac mighty. So yeah. that's, that tells you all you need I think to it's know. it's a selling right? point. Cool. Well, those are the three picks. There, like we said, there are something like a dozen on this list. And um, if you don't find what you want in those three, there are several other options of all varying price points to go up to. There's a $450 knife on this list, um, uh, which is, of course, at the extreme end. And then the the Victorinox is the is the most affordable by far. So. All sorts of options, a lot of information to apply to your purchase, and that is a great place to start. Um, so, Will, you've kind of alluded to this many times now, but uh, yeah. I just wanted to finish with the sort of like the tr- traditional question, uh, which I, I guess you did just answer. But what is your go-to knife? Is it the uh, the Mac? Yeah, I adore I adore the Mac. I think it's just. Um... It, it's kind of a there's not like one feature that i just go like wow this is why it's the best knife because at the end of the day we're talking about like you know products that especially once you get into like the uh eighty dollars a hundred dollars 120 dollars price range like a lot of the products are made using similar materials um you know various blends of steel that are at the you know they're very close at the end of the day so it comes down to balance and craftsmanship and reliability and i think it kind of just uh in the in aggregate is just a very very cozy uh thing to use if you're cooking often uh nice weight extremely sharp um easy enough to maintain and keep sharp and clean and everything it just kind of does everything as you'd want it to do i it's a it's an impressive product um and yeah i i, I recommend it to pretty much everybody who's willing to you know um cough up a you know a little bit of money to get a, a good uh, a good tool yeah or anybody who's willing to sit through uh, uh, such a substantial yeah, sort of lengthy far. conversation. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations if you made it this far and heard the real wreck. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Will, thanks so much for all the info. That's a, you know, love to pick your brain. And uh, this is a, a, a topic we haven't explored yet. So it's fun to learn uh, things I didn't know about kitchen knives. And always, chef knives. always. Yeah. And as I understand it, uh, because we had such a thorough conversation about this, uh, I think we're, you and I are both automatically cast in Knives Out too. I believe so. Sort of congr- con- contractually obligated, yeah. Yeah, and that's, if you like a joke, you'll, we'll, we'll get along. Will, thanks so much. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And if you do uh, like what you hear in this episode or any previous episodes or any future episodes, I hope you will consider subscribing and uh, giving us a rating. Kind of like that Victorinox knife uh, would love a five-star review because they help uh, jog the algorithm and get us into more ears and uh, spread the word about really good knives. you can find us on social media. Our handle is Gear Patrol. It's one word. It's on every platform uh, as Gear Patrol. 
You can get a hold of Will. Will, do you want to drop your email here? You always do. Figure oh, out W Price. You know, get GearPatrol.com. Send all your 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 friendly banter that way. Please no uh, please no anger though. Yeah, uh, World banter. Star <laughs> banter and uh, Ryan Johnson movie memes, mm-hmm. and you can comment on articles on the website if you have anything to say, and you can email me at podcast at gearpatrol.com. Will's email address is his name. My name is actually podcast. Uh, So that's a fun fact for everyone. And uh, okay, that's Chef's Knives. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Will. I'm Nick Caruso, podcast Nick Caruso. And until next time, take care. Bye-bye.